the spirit that lives on the inside of her. And Father, her heart's cry is to know you. And she has such an important place in this earth. She sees people as their first place in her life. And Father, her heart has to be super strong, strengthened in her inner man, Father, to see the woes of people and to be a blessing to them. Father, to stay strong and know that you're the God of faith. You're faithful, Father, to see everything true. And so, Lord, you said in your word that she can be strengthened with all might, all supernatural, abundant might, Father, in her inner man. So, Father, I thank you that it is so. It's done in her life. Strong, Father. Father, immovable in her inner man, unwavering in her dedication to you. Father, I thank you that she is strong. You said in your word she can be. So we declare it to be so. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. show me what in particular they are, you know, that's between him and you, um, but um, I just want to pray for you and encourage you to be open to when the Lord, because, you know, uh, for me, he's all the time, he's like, well, stop doing that, start doing this, you know, don't say that anymore, so, and it's all, it's all the time, you know, just, you know, of course, he said in John 15 that he'd prune us, right, and so that's part of the process, you know, when he finds tune us, it's just, sometimes it's a little twig, a little branch, just things he wants to adjust in our lives, and so, okay, but I'll pray for you for that then. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, you said in your word that uh, you are the gardener, Father, that you prune us and adjust our lives, Father, to dial in, to get more accurate in faith and more accurate in your word, more accurate in your doctrine. And Father, when we do that, we are more accurate and more, more aligned with your will, where all the blessings flow. So, Father, I thank you that as you speak to him in the days and weeks to come, Father, that he'll be attentive and as you instruct him things to change and to adjust, Father, to fine-tune in his life, that he'll be willing to do it, to step out in faith and do those things. And we thank you that the end result will be glory to you. That the end result, Father, will be increased faith and blessings in his life. And we thank you for that, Father. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Well, the Lord is good, amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness and You know, we're singing that song that uh, the storms may come, right? And uh, was anybody here? Was it when was a storm? Was it Thursday? Was a big storm came through here? Friday was a storm. Yeah, Friday was yeah Friday was a storm. So I was here, and uh, uh, in fact, it was just just after you uh, visited here for a while, George. And, and um, uh, but as a monsoon came through here, right? I mean, the skies opened up and just yeah. And I mean, uh, did you just see the tree in the back? There's a, like a microburst came through and took out one of those giant trees in the back of the church there. And within five minutes, the mayor had a bucket truck pushing over this tree. And it's it amazing. I don't know how that happens, you know. I've never seen government move that fast. But, uh, and so, uh, but I was out there, and, and, um, uh, and it just started just wind and storm. And, 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 and across the street, 
uh, lightning struck one of the transformers and it exploded and the lightning was <laughs> it's just insane uh, and, and so I'm standing out there just <laughs> so I start speaking to it because it's like you're not going to tear up this building we just got it done you know and so I was speaking to this storm in the name of Jesus you don't want to hurt this building so it destroyed the transformer over there and the tree over there but it didn't touch our building so you know we're good so but uh, <laughs> it was just I was telling somebody like I think there was a comet that went by Friday or something it had the weirdest Friday just the whole thing was weird uh, and so, and then one of the guys was calling me Ryan, you know, and, <laughs> hey, Ryan, I'm Ryan, do I look like a Ryan? And <laughs> so it was just, it was a weird, it was a weird day on Friday, so, but uh, praise God. The building is still standing, the name of Jesus still works, amen? Uh, and so, let's open our, our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5, we'll get started there today. And so, we've been talking about uh, the Beatitudes, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, Let's see, it's middle of June right now, right? Uh, and so uh, Brother Randy was here in May, or he was here in March, and he preached the entire sermon I just started on, you know. Uh, and so, um, but we're here in June. He's going to come back in August, so I'm kind of hoping we get done before August because he'll give me a hard time if I'm still on the same message uh, when he comes back in August there. But um, I don't care. You don't have anywhere to go, right? So we'll just keep on going anyway. And so uh, we're here in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Uh, and one of the things we need to remember when we see verses like this, we've got to make sure that we go, don't go into the mindset of performance, that being pure in heart is I've got to be really, really good and not do bad things because we're so, it's so easy for us to get in that mentality of, of God's going to bless me on how good I am and, you know, Lord, I haven't cussed out a dog in, in like a whole hour, you know, so you bless me and... And we get in that mentality of, and really it's very, uh, it's really Old Testament thinking because it's all about counting and measuring and, you know, and, and am I better than the guy sitting next to me? Because a lot of times, you know, we don't want to be as good as the Lord wants us to be. We just want to be better than the guy next to us, right? Because if we're better than them, we think we're ahead, right? Which is true if you're being chased by a bear, but, you know, it's not true uh, in the gospel, right? You know the story that uh, you don't have to outrun the bear, you just have to outrun the guy sitting uh, with you, right? And the bear will get him. Y'all don't know, y'all quiet today, you know, that usually goes over pretty good, but uh, <laughs> so we have to pull out some new material somewhere, I guess, I don't know, but, uh, uh, but uh, a lot of times in our Christian walk, we get into a performance mentality, we think that God's going to bless me because I'm good, and the thing you've got to remember is when you get born again, when you accept the Lord Jesus, you start at 100%, you don't start at zero, you know, in the world you start at zero, right, get a new job, you know, you're an associate engineer. Well, when do I become a real engineer, right? Uh, uh, and so you start at the bottom, and someday you work your way up. And if you work hard, you know, and all these things, you get ahead. Uh, and, but with the Lord's, His economy is you start at 100%. And all you can do is mess it up from there, right? And so a lot of times what happens is we start at 100%. And you ever notice that, like, when you get saved, it's like you could, you could pray for a pink elephant, and one would show up in the mail the next day. It seemed like you just, everything worked. And after a while, it seems like things didn't work as well as they did a year ago, you know, two years ago when you got saved or whenever it was. Maybe you rededicated your life. Uh, and, and it's not so much that God is withholding from things from you. It's just as you mature, he expects more out of you, right? He says that to him, that much is given, much is expected. And as you grow up, you know, I mean, when, when, you're, uh, when you're one year old, two years old, you know, if, uh, uh, if you're using a bottle or using diapers, you know, nobody really thinks anything about that, right? But if you, if you start your first day of college in diapers with a bottle, people are going to talk, right? People will go like, there's something wrong here, right? We expect more from someone going into college, right? Now, nowadays, not really, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, yeah, well, don't want to, you know, hurt their feelings and tell them that, you know, you ought not be using a bottle when you're 20 years old. But, uh, but you know, you normal people would think that was kind of odd, right? Uh, and so, so we, we've got to get out of this mentality of I'm always trying to earn my, my way with the Lord. Because when we, when we get to a verse like this, pure in heart, we think, okay, uh, how do I need to stop sinning this or stop doing that? Uh, because that's how I get to be pure in heart. Uh, and uh, if you remember one of, the, one of my favorite verses is Galatians 5.16. that says, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, and, and see, that's, to me, that's one of the best verses in the New Testament because it keeps you out of the mentality of, okay, I've got to think about all the sins I'm doing. Okay, I'm doing this, you know, I'm being mean to my, my neighbor, I'm being mean to this person, you know, I'm cheating at work, you know, I'm stealing stuff, you know, whatever it is you're doing, okay, I've got to stop doing this, stop doing that, stop doing that. But see, that doesn't get you any closer to the Lord by stopping doing those things. 
All it does is, is allow you to compare yourself to the guy sitting next to you. Uh, and what you need to do is if you'll start walking in the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit just means, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond to this person? And you sense in your heart, okay, don't say anything. Or you sense in your heart, do say something. That's walking in the Spirit. It's not really that hard, but it takes some effort on our part to train ourselves to do that. Uh, and if you'll do that, what you'll find out is you're not, you're not saying those things. You're not doing those things. And so instead of focusing on the sin all the time and the failures all the time, you're focusing on the Lord all the time. And that's the, that's the correct way to, to live. And he said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And that's where we want to get to. We want to be pure in heart. We want to be people, people that are pure in heart. So this is not just for the saints and the pastors and the ministers and those who read the Bible six hours a day and fast and pray every day. This is for all of us, right? This is not just for the few select perfect people uh, like me and Chris, you know, but other than that, you know, it's, no, it's, it's, he wants all of us to be this way, right? And this is attainable. This is not pie in the sky. Well, nobody can ever that, live that way. This is attainable. And so we started talking about, well, what is the heart? Uh, we went through spirit, soul, and body, talked about what the spirit, soul, and body is, that you are a spirit. God's a spirit. You're a spirit. He made your spirit. Uh, and that's the part that you get born again, right? You receive the Lord Jesus. You get born again, sealed by the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. And then uh, you have a soul, which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And most people's souls are flaky, right? You could pop open people's head and look in there. It'd be scary, right? Put that back on. I don't want to see that, right? Because if you could actually see what people's thought lives were all the time, I mean, if I could see what you're really thinking about me right now, I'd be like, okay, I just, I'm going to go be a truck driver or something instead. Because uh, it, it'd be kind of scary sometimes, right? If, you, if people knew everything you thought. Uh, and, and your thought life is something that has to be renewed. Uh, renewed to the Word of God, right? So you read the Word of God and it says, walk in love. And, and you know, that includes everybody. It includes your neighbor, your brother, your sister, right? Uh, everybody. Yeah, <clears throat> well, you know, I don't know if I want to do that or not. But then you meditate on that, and you realize that you can do it, you should do it, and so you get your mind thinking, okay, I can do it. So that's, that, that's, that's an endeavor you will spend the rest of your life getting your mind renewed to the Word of God, thinking like the Bible thinks. Because some people think, well, if I walk in love, I'm a doormat. You reckon Jesus was anybody's doormat? He wasn't anybody's doormat, and yet he walked in the greatest love there ever was, right? Uh, and so I'm never afraid to walk in love. Well, they'll take advantage of you. God always got my back, right? Uh, I've had, I can't tell you how many people think they've gotten one over on me. Uh, no one's ever gotten anything over on me. The Lord's got my back. Amen. Well, I got, I got his money. Uh, my God walks on streets of gold, right? Uh, and so uh, no, no big deal, right? Uh, you know, I had, I had a guy come by here a few weeks ago. I think I told you he, he was looking, uh, needed some work. Hey, you got any work to do? I'm like, okay, yeah, you can come weed eat the, the back of the church there. You know, that'd be great, you know. Uh, he, he said, well, I, you know, I, I have to come back and do that. I said, well, okay, I'll give you some money now. I'll give you some money when you come back. Now, the way I usually operate is when I give somebody money, to me, it's a done deal because, uh, you know, I may never see them again, right? In fact, it, it's, well, I was going to say nine times out of ten, but really right now it's, it's ten out of ten times, right? You give them money and they, they don't come back. But see, uh, so he may think he got one over on me, but what he lost out was the other money that he could have got, and he could have come back every week, and I let him uh, weed eat every week and pay him, good money for that to help him out, right? So what he, so he lost out, not me. You know, I only lost out a little bit of money. He lost out on a lifetime of being blessed. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm always okay, and, the, and I'm always going to be all right. So I'm never concerned about doing what the Word says because the Lord's always got my back, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so we've got to get our minds renewed to think like the Word thinks. And that's a lot of work because your mind, your will, and your emotions so your mind is what you think, obviously, right? Your emotions are how you feel. You know, God gave us emotions. He's the one who made us this way, right? To just think if, if we could just not have emotions. But some people suppress their emotions. You know people like that? Guys are terrible about that, right? We don't, we don't cry. We don't, you know, we're just stoic all the time. You know, we, we're the man, right? We can't, we can't show any emotions because that's our job, right? Not showing emotions. And women are like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. It, now, I know it's not all that way all the time. I know, you know, you're a sexist pig or whatever. Whatever, you know, grow up. Um, it's all right, uh, and so, but that's, you know, and at least in our society, that's why you get to other societies, and there's sometimes they're different than that, uh, and so your emotions, but, you know, anger, and, and joy, and happiness, sorrow, those are all emotions that the Lord gave us, right, and we can use them, and, and, and as long as those, those emotions answer to our spirit, we're good, as long as we're not run by our emotions, we're good, amen, uh, you know, you want to get me riled up, you show me somebody that uh, is harming an innocent person, I'll get real angry. I don't like, I don't like innocent people getting harmed, right? Uh, I had somebody call me up about 
uh, from the church, you know, about some other member in the church. Number one, don't call me about some other member of the church. You got a problem with a member, either talk to them directly or bring them to me and we'll talk about it together, right? Uh, don't call me about some other member of the church. Uh, and, uh, well, they call me, well, they were speaking in tongues. Thank you. For, you know, that's, that's a good thing, right? Because we speak in tongues around here. So, that, okay, what's the problem with speaking? Well, they shouldn't speak in tongues unless there's an interpreter. Like, okay, now I got somebody who thinks they're a Bible scholar and probably never opened the Bible up, right? Uh, and that's the worst, right? Because now they're attacking this Christian who is just worshiping God in, by praying in other tongues during a service, minding their own business, and this Bible scholar doesn't like that. And the Pharisees, you know, she was a, the first female Pharisee I've talked to, wanted to call me and tell me how, how biblically wrong it is. And it's like, well, have you ever read 1 Corinthians 13, 14, right? Uh, there, you know, the whole chapter on speaking in tongues. And, and if you just read one chapter, you'd learn that, you know, don't ever call me with a question like that again, right? But, but, uh, but she was, and I just, and I just, just anger, just, you know, how dare you call somebody that was minding their own business, who's worshiping the Lord, not hurting you at all. And, and you got mad at them because well, they're, they're wrong. I mean, just, you know, uh, Jesus got riled up about it too. I know, you know, it just, uh, because it, it, she, she was harming the innocent. That person wasn't doing anything to anybody, wasn't hurting anybody. Uh, and so, but your mind, your will, and your emotions, uh, and the most important aspect of your soul is your will. That's where you make a decision, right? Do you want fries with that? Yes or no? That's, uh, that's a job for your will, right? Some people have, they, get, they freeze. I don't know. Do I want fries with that or not? What's the answer, right? Uh, it's just a decision. But some people, they, they cannot make a decision, right? You, you, know, you ever been through the, the drive-thru and they're the worst, right? Uh, or you're at, the, the, you're at the line, right? And there's only one person in front of you. You know, okay, this is good, I'll get through it quick. You know? And you go, what do you want? Well, I don't know. And they start reading every single menu item. It's like, there's a thousand, of, why are you gonna, what were you doing 15 minutes ago? You could see the menu's been there the whole time, been there for five years. And, well, I don't know. Well, you, number one, number two, does that come with pickles? Yeah, yeah, I don't want pickles. Uh, number three, and you're like, oh, you know, your life is just, uh, you know, you, uh, and it's, they can't make a decision, right? Yeah, and, 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 and they're the worst, right? They're the worst. You ever work with people like that? Work with people that can't make a decision? I mean, just, you know, I've worked, and they're dinosaurs, right? It's just like, you know, just make a decision, right? Just, just decide. Uh, it's not a moral question, right? Fries are not a moral ethical question. It's not a moral dilemma, you know? It's just, it's just a decision, and, and but your mind, your, I mean, your will is where you make a decision. And that's the, the most, so important in a Christian's life. And it's the, the key to having a pure heart is your will. Now, we, in the charismatic world, we love talking about your spirit. And we should. Your spirit should be the most important aspect of your life. But your will is, is, is the pivot point of, of all your good and bad in your life, right? So if you want a good life, your will gets lined up with the will of God. All is well. If you want a life that's just chaos and turmoil, your will will hook up with everything else in the world other than the Lord and the Word of God. Uh, and so, so uh, what we've heard, in, especially in our circles a lot of times, is that your heart is your spirit. But see, your heart can't be your spirit. And so I wanted to go through a few verses here. Um, and and there's, uh, we're not going to get through all of them. Uh, but let, let's turn to, uh, we're in Mar Matthew chapter 5. Let's turn to Mark 11. We've got time right here. We've got food coming, right? So we can talk all day, right? In fact, we'll just keep, you just go get your food, come back, we'll keep on talking, right? And so, um, no, we're not going to do that. But, uh, so this is Jesus speaking here. And he says in uh, Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his what? Heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever he saith. Uh, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. Of course, we love uh, uh, Mark eleven twenty three and 24, the great verses. Uh, they're true, right? Whoever shall say unto this mountain. And I, I was teaching this in a Bible study one time, and someone said, well, this is only spiritual mountains. Now, I love how people change the word of God, because does it say, is it up on the screen there? Yeah. Uh, does it say, go back to verse 23 there. Uh, does it say, whosoever shall say unto this spiritual mountain? Does it say that? It doesn't say spiritual mountain, right? So it, it, w what mountain is it? It's any mountain that's in front of you that's in your way. So if it's a windstorm coming on a Friday afternoon, going to blow away the church, then, then you speak to the mountain, right? And you, and you tell it what to do. 
be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Uh, and, and not doubt where? In your heart. So, so, so if your heart was your spirit, how could your spirit doubt God? It's made from God. It was sealed by God. It was recarried by God if you're a Christian, right? <clears throat> so there's no way that, that your spirit could ever doubt because uh, it's made of God, right? And so, so it doesn't have the capacity to doubt. Now your mind doubts everything, right? So, uh, so let's turn over to James chapter 1. So I just want to go through a few scriptures because uh, if, if we can understand how the heart works, then we can uh, actually get to a pure heart, and then we get to see God operate in our life. Wouldn't we want to see God operate in our life? Yeah. Amen. So, so, uh, so James is telling us here uh, in verse, uh, James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth unto men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed this verse. Uh, the, I love this verse because he says, if I need wisdom, I can ask of the Lord and he'll give it to me. Uh, and I've asked him, well, Lord, I don't know what to do here. So you said you'd give me wisdom. So, I, so I'm going to believe that you're going to show me what to do. And I will. And I, and I can't tell you how many times he's come through in that. Just, just amazing, you know, Solomon kind of wisdom. Like, wow, that's the, you know, wow, I wish I was that smart. Uh, and, uh, and he said, but let him ask in faith. In verse 6, nothing wavering. So, see, when you ask in faith, it means you ask with the expectation you're going to get the answer to your prayer, right? That's, that's asking uh, in faith. I believe when I ask for wisdom that he's going to get it to me. And yet, how many times have we heard Christians say, well, I prayed, it didn't, I didn't get it. See, that's not asking in faith. That's asking to see what happens. Well, that's not asking. That's not faith, right? That's, that's just slinging out there and, let, and let's just see if God does that. Well, that's not faith. Faith says, when I speak to the mountain, it will be removed. When I ask for wisdom, I will get it. That's faith. It's really, because all it is, is the Lord said he would do it. So all faith is, okay, I believe the Lord. That's all faith. It's not really hard. It's he said I would get it. Okay, then I'll get it. You know, if, if you ask me, you know, hey, can I, can I borrow $5 tomorrow? And I said, sure. You think I would do it for you? Anybody knows me? You think I'd do that for you? Now, if you don't know me, you're like, I don't know. 50-50, right? But if you knew me, you know, the earth would stop spinning before I didn't give it to you, right? I mean, something, you know, a tornado would have to come through here and, and have to be called Ryan or something in, in, uh, to not give it to you. Uh, but, but, but I'd get it to you, right? Somehow, some way, I'd get, I'd get it to you, right? Uh, and so, uh, see, that because you have faith just in my character. Uh, you know, you don't have faith in my supernatural ability. I don't have any, but you have faith in my character. So we, got, we should have faith in the character of God. If he says to, that he would do it, well, then, okay, then he said, then he would do it. If he said, let him, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He said, and, and let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. I don't, I don't know if he's going to do it or not. See, that's wavering. Uh, and then he says, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And, and that's in our mind, right? So the wavering and the doubting is in our mind, right? We start thinking about, maybe he's not going to come through. You know, this is a really hard thing. Uh, you know, I've never asked him about this before, or, you know, I've never seen anybody else get this before. So our mind starts thinking all these thoughts about, hey, maybe it's not going to work. Uh, and then he says, uh, then he says, here's the, here's the problem with living that way. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so why is he a double-minded man? Because on the one hand, you think, well, he might come through. But on the other hand, he might. So you've got these two things, right? And you're, and you're trying to weigh out which one is right. Well, he might come through. Yeah, but he might not. That, that's doubting and wavering. Uh, and when you're, see, and here's the problem. When your will goes, yeah, well, you've got a point, but, you know, they got a point over there too, so I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And see, that, that's when you're stuck between, I don't know if I want fries with that or not. And that's when you're in doubt, right? When, you, when, when, when the Lord speaks it clearly, I will give you wisdom, but your response is, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. And so, all right, so if I ask you the question, is the Lord going to give you wisdom? Have you prayed for wisdom? Yes, I've prayed for wisdom. Is the Lord going to give it to you? I don't, I don't know. See, sir, your will is hooked up with your mind that says, we, we, you know, you just can never know the will of God. You ever hear people say that? You just can never know the will of God. Well, he literally says, be filled with the knowledge of his will. You can absolutely 100% know the will of God for your life. I, you, you can't know the will of God. Sure you can. He, the Bible says you can. If the Bible says you can, then you can. doesn't mean that you do it. You know, he doesn't just do everything for people sovereignly. He does it in faith, right? When you ask in faith, Lord, show me your will. What do you want me to do? Then he'll show you his will. Uh, and so, so uh, a doubting heart is a heart where your will has hooked up with your mind, your flaky mind. It goes, you know, maybe God comes through. Maybe he won't come through. 
I don't really know because your mind doesn't have any way to judge God, right? But, but see, you know, sometimes we depend upon our mind. Now, if you ask your spirit man, your spirit man, 100% every time God will come through. Your spirit man says God is, is a man that he will not lie, right? He's not a man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. Your spirit, that's what your spirit man says. But your mind goes, yeah, but you know, I remember Sister Doodad, she prayed for six months. She didn't get it, you know. Well, but do you know everything about Sister Doodad? And why are you judging God by Sister Doodad, right? Uh, and, and, you know, we're going to get to heaven. Why would you judge me about Sister? Yeah, but Sister Doodad, I mean, you know, everybody knew her. And, and she didn't get it. And so I, I don't judge God by what people's lives have and don't have. Because then, then, then you're God's judge, not his word. Then you're God's judge. Are you going to judge God by, by what you observe in the natural realm? You know, I'm not going to judge God by what I observe in the natural realm. But see, that's, that's the doubting heart. So it's not your spirit, man. It's when your, mind, when your will chooses to hook up with your mind and go, yeah, I just don't know. And James says it's a double-minded man. And the problem, what do you get when you're a double-minded man? He said uh, in verse 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So is God punishing that man for being doubting? No, it's, it's the man was not in faith. And so faith is how you receive from the Lord. So he's not punishing you. This is self-inflicted, right? Your will chose not to hook up with your spirit man and said, oh yeah, God always does what he says. Your will chose to take, uh, take the words of your mind and go, you know, they gotta, you know maybe, maybe God won't come through, right? And so it's easy to fix it. Stop listening to your squirrely mind and listen to your spirit man. Because your mind is squirrely, right? Especially if, if it hasn't been renewed very well. It, it's it's going to waver, right? It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, well, uh, he said toss to and fro, right? Uh, uh, go back and forth between maybe he will, maybe he won't. That's your mind. And, and your mind has no business uh, confirming to you that God will do what he says. If his word spoke it, your spirit man will go, yep, he, if he spoke it, it's done deal. Uh, very, very emphatically. Your mind go, yeah, but, you know, uh, nobody else believes it that way. It doesn't matter. That's what the word says, right? Uh, and, and so... Uh, you know, it, uh, it's amazing because uh, when I read the word of God, when the word of, when he says, uh, let him ask of the Lord and he'll give him my response is sweet. I'll take it. I mean, it's really easy, right? I read the word of God. He's got a promise right there in, in uh, James 1, 5. It's a promise to get wisdom. No problem. Yeah, I got it. It's mine. You people, I, I, I never I can never get wisdom. Well, is that my fault? Is that the Lord's fault? Oh, well, you know, I prayed, he didn't give it to me. Well, then you didn't pray in faith. Because he said, if you pray in faith, he will give it to you. Is that what he says? So either he's lying or the Bible's lying or you're just not right. Well, I'm going to put my money on the word of God always and the spirit of God always and never on somebody's mind. Amen. So, so easy to get out of it. Quit listening to your mind. If your mind is telling you that the Bible is flexible and waving and not really always accurate, tell it to shut up and that is not the voice you want to listen to. Amen. So doubting heart, and now this is the, now James is written to the church, right? Double-minded man, who should not receive anything from the Lord. How many Christians you know go through their whole life and never receive anything from the Lord? Well, is that on God? I mean, it, it, to me, it's a testimony that they choose not to believe God. It's a testimony that they chosen to believe their mind that maybe God does doesn't, doesn't come through. Uh, and so, easy to change though. Quit listening to your squirrely mind. If your mind is in conflict with the word of God, tell it to be quiet and listen to your spirit man. Your spirit man's, oh yeah, he'll do it every single time. Never question. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so we're, we're in, uh, we're in uh, James here. Um, chapter one also. Let's go down to, uh, let's go down to verse 26. Uh, if any man among you seem to be religious, you know, that's the, one of the worst words in the English language, religion, right? I just, oh, you're religious. I am not a religious person, you know. Uh, and uh, he said, if any man seem to be religious, because that's people's goals, I want to seem to be religious. I want to have the appearance of being religious. And, and you can just, you know, you ever see, get around people that seem to, they're just puffed up, you know. Oh, brother, how art thou? I'm all right, how you doing? Right? And, and they look at you like, oh, you just, you're unclean, you know. Uh, if you don't if you don't speak in King James, you're unclean, and, and, and it's just it's just you know it's just distasteful, like eating broccoli or something. It's just awful. Uh, and so uh, he said, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, well, there you go, right there, right. Well, I I just couldn't help saying that. Oh, 
that's because your tongue's not bridled, right? You're just a free-range, uh, well, I was going to say free-range chicken, but you're free-range Christian, right? Uh, you know, you're just free to just, I just, if I, if I, if it, I just had to say it, right? Oh, you just don't, no bridle at all, right? Uh, in fact, uh, my brother's probably going, hey, Dave, I'll tell you what he said because it's public. Hey, Dave, uh, my brother David said he doesn't have a filter, you know, uh, when he speaks. He just, just says it, right? And so, Dave, you can read this verse here, and, and I love my brother. He's awesome. Uh, and, uh, but he could work in this area right here, right? So he'd tell everybody that he doesn't have a, a filter, right? So I don't have a filter telling everybody that my brother doesn't have a filter, right? Uh, and so, but he's an awesome guy. You know, you should meet him sometime. Uh, but brighteth not his tongue. So what do you got to do? What's the bridle for? To control, right? Yeah. Well, I wanted to say it so bad. You know, it's funny because um, uh, I was t- telling somebody with this one time, well, when I was 12, right? So, so I, was, I turned 12. So when you turn 12 years old, you're, you're a man now, right? You start doing manly things. And so I started cussing when I was 12, right? Because that's what you do when you're 12. You start cussing, start acting like a man. Uh, and, and I was terrible at it, just so bad at it. I mean, just, every, I wasn't even a Christian yet, but I would get under so much conviction. Just every day, I mean, I'd say, and I would be talking and I'd whisper. I couldn't even say it out loud. I'd whisper, you know, whatever four-letter word, I'd whisper. Because I just, I just couldn't do it. And I was so, I just quit. I was so bad at it. I just quit. I just quit. I quit long, long before I was saved, right? Long before, I just quit cussing. Uh, and, uh, and, and we've been married 30, you ever heard me cuss? 32 years? Never heard me cuss. You know why? And you know why I don't cuss? Because it's not in me. See, it's not in me. So, so what you need to get to the point of, you know, because some people say, I just had to bite my tongue. And I've heard people say that to me a lot. I bet you had to bite your tongue. No. No, because it, it wasn't in me to speak it to begin with. Amen. See, that's the best place to get to. Now, now, if you've got to bite your tongue to, to keep war from happening, fine, do that. But get to a point where you don't have to bite your tongue, amen? You can just bridle your life and just, no, nah, I choose not to say those words, you know? Uh, and, and I've had Christians come up to me and look at, are you kidding? You never cussed? Really? No. I mean, I'm thinking, you, do you really cuss? You know, that is, that, oh, no, don't show me, don't tell me. Anything. Like, oh, yeah, I, I cussed up a storm yesterday, you know? I mean, I grew up, you know, we couldn't keep wallpaper on the wall because it get cussed off every week, right? I mean, there's cussing everywhere. My, you know, I mean, I mean, t- t- I mean, how many commandments did we violate, right? Taking the name of the Lord in vain? I mean, we took the name of the Lord in vain all the time in my household, right? I mean, we were good Catholics. We used every name of the Lord in vain that it could be, right? And we made up a few words and you know, a lot of cussing in my household growing up. Uh, and, and so that's why I started when I was 12, but I gave it up. Uh, but brighteth not his tongue. So, see, when you say, I couldn't help, I had to say it, then this verse is not true. See, that means that, you can't, that it's not possible for you to bridle your tongue, and yet it says to bridle your tongue. So is it possible to bridle your tongue? In other words, to control your tongue. It is, so you can't, you can't biblically say, I couldn't help saying that. Now, you can say, I didn't want to help saying that. That's fair, but that makes you look bad. So you don't want to look bad, so you say, I couldn't help it. I wanted to help it, but I couldn't help it. But that's not true, right? What's true is... I wanted to say, I wanted to hear it. I want to let it fly, right? Let it use me. Uh, and so, but it says you can bridle your tongue. So you have the capacity to do that, amen? People, you know, I, we lived so much, years ago, the Lord started dealing with me about excuses. And he said, he said, an excuse is a lie wrapped up in a pretty bow. I couldn't help it. See, that's technically a lie because you could help it. You just didn't want to help it, right? So, so it's really, a, so, you know, sorry I'm late, you know, uh, you know, uh, traffic happened. Well, that's, that's, you know, technically it's not, because you could have left a little earlier, right? Uh, you know, I mean, just, what, I mean, if, you, if you go through all the excuses you've used just in the last week, you could find that the truth of that, is that every one of those excuses is not really true. It's just you wrapped up in this pretty thing to not look guilty, right? But you're still guilty, right? It doesn't matter if it makes it look like, it doesn't look like you're guilty, you're still guilty, Amen. Uh, and so, so I, I stopped saying, well, you know, I couldn't help it. I, you know, uh, I, I couldn't help. I had to say that. And I started changing my, my words to, you know, I wanted to say that, which then allowed me to repent easier because then if I, well, if there's something wrong with me, if I wanted to say that. I mean, I've heard the worst, I mean, can you imagine some of the worst things? You know, in fact, we're in James, right? Just uh, over in chapter three, he, he says, uh, um, in verse 10, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. He's talking to this to the church, right? Out of the same mouth from a Christian comes blessing and cursing. He said, these things ought not be so. But why did he write it? Because they're so. In the church, they're so, right? You ever heard Christians say things that they ought not say? Why? Well, why? Well, 
there's, it's been going on for a long time, right? James is talking to the church, right? These are to people to the church. Uh, and Christians don't not say certain things. And, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, then say that to your mother or say that to the Lord in your prayer, right? And see how, how well that goes across. Uh, but he said, brought it down on his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. Uh, that man's religion is vain or of no value and useless. Uh, and so he said uh, that a Christian can have a deceived heart. Now, your spirit man is alive unto God, made in God's likeness and image. There, there's no deception in your spirit at all. It knows everything perfectly clearly, sees everything perfectly clearly. But, but see, uh, your flesh uh, doesn't see anything clearly. It sees everything in opposite world, right? The sky is red and, you know, the, the earth is flat and, you know, all those things. And uh, that's, what, that's what your flesh says. So, so you can get to a point where your heart is deceived because your will will hook up with your flesh and, and sees everything backwards, and see things that aren't there. I, they're talking about me. Well, how do you know? I know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't have any evidence that they're talking about you. Yeah, but I know. And then, then, then it's the worst when they say, God showed me. So God's gossiping about them to you, right? Why is God gossiping? To you? Is God a gossip? I've had people tell me, the Holy Spirit told me it's about you. You ever had people do that to you? The Holy Spirit told me it's about you. I, I can't tell you how many. And I'm like, well, first of all, he's never told me that. So if he's never told me that, then he's a gossip because he would first come to me and if I don't listen to him, fine, then maybe, maybe, unlikely, but maybe he would tell you something bad about me to come tell me, right? Uh, but God's not a gossip, amen? Uh, and so, especially for something I don't know, right? If I knew it, you know, God said, hey, tell him to straighten up. Okay, fine. But, if, you know, you've got this secret sin. Really? I didn't know about that. Uh, well, yeah, God showed me. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but he said, deceive his own heart. So as a Christian... See, if you're deceived, the thing about being deceived is you don't know you're deceived. Because if you knew you were deceived, then you're not deceived because you obviously know that you're being deceived, right? So the, the whole problem of being deceived is you don't know it, right? You, you think you know exactly the truth, and you're so far from the truth, it's embarrassing. See, that's what deception is, right? You think oh, it's, God doesn't heal. That's a deception, right? Does God heal? He still heals. He's, uh, we've got hundreds of verses that he says he heals. And yet, how many people God doesn't heal today. Where'd you get that from? That's a deceived heart, right? They, I mean, they will say it and preach it from the housetop. God doesn't heal. He does. And, but they'll believe it so strongly like it's just real. So a deceived heart is you will believe something just as, as much as if it's true as if God spoke to you. And yet it's completely not true. And you'll do that about people. I know they're a horrible person. Really? Well, based on what? I just know. I mean, have you, you heard some of the things people say about me. You know, I'm the nicest guy you'll ever meet, right? And, and I know because I know myself, right? And, and, but I'm, I'm a horrible person, right? And, and I lie and I cheat and I steal. And, 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 and even said, my church here, this church is an unclean church. Like, you don't even know me. How, how can you say that with such, with such uh, com, uh, uh, conviction that it, as if it's true? Uh, well, you would do it. I had somebody, I was, in, I was on a trip in France, so, you know, I'm like six hours ahead, right, time zone-wise. They call me. Hey, uh, why'd you do this thing at the church? And I'm like, I'm in another country. I'm literally across the Atlantic Ocean. And, and it just happened, you know, while I was gone. And, and, and I'm like, I was in a, there's no way I could have even done that. And they never even apologized. They just accused me of doing it. And then, and then well, and the attitude was like, well, if you was here, you would have done it. <laughs> and that's how they save face on their part, right? Well, you would have done it if you was here, you know. It was probably you, you know, you probably told somebody. Uh, and, and, and see, that's a deceived heart. When they think they know exactly who I am and don't even know me from Adam, and uh, that's a deceived heart. Now, James says you can do that, uh, and you're, you're completely in the dark. In fact, uh, just real quick, uh, over in um, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, let's look over in Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> you see what he says about that. Uh, he says uh, in, in verse 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So a lot of people walk, he says, in the vanity and uselessness of your mind. I think I know everything. You know, people think they know everything. See, that's in their mind. It's not in their spirit, man. It's in their mind. They're so intellectual. They're so in their mind all the time, thinking everything. And they're just, they're just crazy people. You listen to talk, it's like, you know nothing, right? You don't, have you ever met the Lord at all? Now, and he said... But he's telling the church, Paul is telling the church, don't do this. So that means you could do this, right? That you could walk in the vanity of your mind. Having their understanding darkened. See, 
when your understanding is darkened, you, you, you ever listen to people who, uh, you know, I know a lot about computers, right? And I listen to people who, who think they know a lot about computers. And they'll tell you something like, like that's not even close to right, you know? I, I mean, I, we, we hired a guy. I tried to tell him to hire this guy. And he'd make up these, all these stories about computers. And it's like, it's like, you know, it's not even close to right. You just made all that up. Uh, and, you know, people that, you know, it's something that you may be an expert at. And someone comes, comes, well, that's not the right way to do that. And you look at him like, you know, that look that you're supposed to give to somebody when they, when they think they know what they're doing. And, uh, and, and they don't know what they're doing. But they, will, uh, but they will act like they're the expert at, at something. And he said their understanding is dark. Now, this is the church, right? The Christians can be this way, right? And they get that way because James says they can have a deceived heart. And when they get that way, their understanding, understanding is darkened, so they don't understand anything. He said uh, that they're in the vanity of their minds. He said they're alienated from the life of God uh, uh, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, this is a church, right? We're spirit-filled. I mean, we're, we're, our spirits are sealed by the God. We're on our way to heaven. And yet he said our hearts can be blinded. In other words, you can't even see. You know, I've talked to so many people trying to get them just to see one simple truth of the Word of God. And it's like talking to a stump. It's like, how can you not see this? this you know, I show them, it says right here, right? Perfectly clear. This is, this is exactly what the Word says. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Blindness of their heart. Now, this is the church, right? So it's not, he's not preaching to the world. The world's dead on their way to hell, right? They need to, they need to get born again. But the church can live this and have blindness in their heart. And it's a, it's a sad play, but, you know, if you look at the whole church, there's a lot of blindness in the church, a lot of blind people running around the church, right? You know, and, and he said it's because they're living in the vanity of their mind, right? Their will is hooked up with whatever their minds, squirrely minds come up with, that's what they hook up with. Not, they, they never take what they think back to the Word of God, is this so? They never take what they think back to the Spirit of God, is this so? They just, if they think it, then it's so. And, and the Bible calls that vanity of your mind. Just because you think it doesn't make it so. If you think it, you should take that thought and judge it according to the word of God. Lord, is this so? Does this really, is this person really talking about me? And the Lord would be like, well, how would you know? Oh, I know, Lord. I know things. You don't know. So just leave it alone. Uh, and, and you people, you know, do you know what they said about you? No. Yeah. Well, doesn't it bother you? No. Well, why would it? Well, let me tell you. Okay, they, they tell you, like, does it bother you? Oh, well, no. Well, why not? Because I'd have to care what they think, right? I mean, you know, well, don't you care what they think? Well, either I care what they think or I care what the Lord thinks. The Lord loves me. They hate me. So who am I going to, I'm going to hook up with the Lord every time, right? I mean, why would I, who cares what they think, right? Oh, you know, they don't think much about you. Well, that's their loss. And, uh, and so, so a Christian can have a blindness of heart, right? Uh, and being alien, now you're, not, you're a Christian, you're on the way to heaven. You die and go to heaven and be surprised when I show up next to you, right? Dude, I, I can't believe you made it. I was going all the time, right? Uh, and so, so uh, we're going to run out of time here, but, but there's a, a few more aspects of the heart. See, so how do you fix this? Well, quit living in the vanity of your mind. Just because your mind thinks something, you know, if you want to become a person of great faith, you need to start taking every thought. In fact, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought that comes in your mind, you should take that back to the Word of God. Lord, is this right? Well, I'm just going to hold that against them forever. You know, that's the way I grew up, right? The mafia, you're on the list, right? You do something against me, you're on the list. And you're never getting off the list, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, and every now and then the Lord will be like, why you got a list? Well, Lord, don't you know what they did? Why do you have a list? Does he have a list? He doesn't have a list. So why do we have a list? Well, Lord, you don't know what they did. See, that's the vanity of your mind. The uselessness of your mind, right? It may be a valid point that they did that. It's not, it's not that you always make up things. They may really have done something. And, and so we're not, we're not diminishing that the fact that they did that thing. What we're saying is that's vanity. It's useless. Because if God held everything against us, everything we did... I mean, what's the point of sending Jesus? He sent Jesus, his own son, and shed blood for me and you. He's not holding it against you. Well, I'm going to hold it against the vanity of your mind, uselessness of your mind, right? And you will, but go like, yeah. When I see him, I'm going to give him the eye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, you know, it's crazy. We had a, we had a fellow uh, years ago when, when, uh, with, with my pastor. Uh, he had like, uh, what, six kids, something like that? Six kids, I think. And uh, was caught in adultery, right? 
And not just caught in adultery, like, like a lifestyle of adultery, like all kinds of women everywhere. I mean, just the worst, right? I mean, he's, he's the father to these kids and his wife, you know, and just the worst, right? So his wife throws him out. I mean, wives, throw them out, right? If they're committed, throw them out, right? No problem with that. So he's at the hotel. So, you know, we, I've known him for years, right? Known each other, went to church together for years. So I, I, went, to, I went to the, went to the uh, hotel to go encourage him, right? To straighten up and repent. And, and I took a can of Alpo dog food. I, it took me a long time to find Alpo because I wanted Alpo. I didn't want the generic brand. I wanted Alpo dog food. I said, you treated your wife like a dog, so this is for you. And I gave him a can of dog food. Uh, and, and I said, you're, you're terrible. You know, why would you do that? You know, straighten up, repent, you know, get back right with the Lord. And I said, and this is what I told him at the end. I said, look, I said, I will never quit being your friend. I will stick with you. To, if you repent, I will stick with you all the time. Now, if you don't repent, you got to go your own way. You're out of, you know, I mean, he's just like, I ain't repenting. But he did. He repented, right? Got back right with the Lord, got back with his family, with his wife. His wife took him back, you know, uh, and, and um, praise God, you know. Uh, and and I, I never did. Now, other people would shun him. Right? They'd see him at church and go, well, what happened to forgiveness, right? You know, forgiveness is only necessary for the guilty, right? Uh, you know, you don't have to forgive the perfect people, right? You forgive the people that are imperfect. And, uh, well, I'll forgive them unless they do something wrong. Okay, you have to think about that one for a while, right? You know, you just have to meditate on that one. But, um, uh, and so, but here's the thing. So years later, not, not many years later, probably five years later, we left the church. The Lord said it's time to go. We left the church, right? So I mean, we didn't mad at nobody. We didn't kick the dog in the way out. We just left the church. And he would not speak to me again after we left the church. Now, I stuck with him when he committed adultery, right? Multiple cases of adultery, right? He wouldn't even talk to me because I went to a different church building to worship the Lord. Now, that's messed up, right? That is vanity of your mind, right? Well, how dare you leave the church? Uh, this, this building didn't die for me, right? I mean, no, anybody, anybody here die for me, right? The Lord said it was time to go, so we left, right? And so, so it's amazing how in our minds, right, we get in the vanity of our minds, uselessness of our minds, we build up entire uh, doctrines and philosophies, and this is the way I live, and we never check that with the Word of God. We never compare that with what the Word says we should live, how we should live, and we end up blind and deceived and alienated from the life of God. Those are all terrible things to live that way, right? Uh, and yet the Lord said, if you'll just quit living that way, you can have a pure heart, right? Uh, and so, and just to remind you, we're going to get to a little bit more about the pure heart, but the pure heart is when, you're, when your will always hooks up with your spirit, man. And if you'll do that on a regular basis, you will live in a pure heart. Easiest thing to do in the world it's the best place to live in the world. You're not deceived. You're not blind. You're not alienated from the life of God. You're not living in the vanity of your mind. It's a good place to live. Amen? Uh, and yet, it seems to be some people, because their will is so strong to do what they want to do and not what the Word wants them to do, I ain't doing it. That's, that's strong will in the wrong direction. You should have a very strong will to follow God's will. I will do it, you know, no matter what. If everybody takes advantage of me in the world, I will still walk in love. See, that's a strong will but it's in their direction for the Lord, amen? Yeah. And so, so we'll talk, uh, there's a couple more types of heart that we've got to look at that's going to be helpful because we've got to, uh, more than likely, all of us have dealt with some aspects of these types of hearts in our lives, maybe even right now, you know? And so um, if we learn what they are, then we can learn how to get out of them, amen? So all you've got to do is anytime you see your, mind, your, your will specifically saying, yeah, I'm going to do what my mind says over here, that's the vanity of your mind, right? That's going to get you in blindness and deception and all these things. And, and, and you're, not going to, you're going to be alienated from the life of God. Amen? I want the life of God living in me because the life of God is a source of health and prosperity and joy and peace and abundance. It's a great place to live. Amen? And it's worth the cost. See, that's the thing is you know, some people say it's not worth the effort. It's 100% worth the effort. Amen? 100% worth the effort. So... Let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for blessing us, for being good to us each and every day. And, Father, we thank you that as born-again Christians, Father, we're on our way to heaven. We've received you as our, our, as our Savior. And, Father, because of that, we have the capacity to live with a pure heart, for our will to always hook up with our spirit man each and every day to do exactly what you want it to do, Father, knowing that you always have our backs, you always take care of us, you always protect us and be good to us. And so, Father, we thank you for these things. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the honor for them. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, praise God. Well, let's see. Um, uh, I guess we're going to receive the offering, right? And then we're going to eat. Uh, and uh, we've got to go retrieve some uh, uh, firemen, right? Have you seen any firemen yet, Jerry? No? Okay. Okay, all right. Well, the door's open, so we can go over there and, and, uh, and go get them. So um, let them know. And so, um, well, let's, uh, let's pray before we receive the offering, and then, and then uh, we'll have Jared receive it there. Well, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you, Father, for being a blessing to us, that you've been so good to us and kind to us to give us good jobs, Father, and ways to earn an income. Uh, Father, you said that, you, that uh, uh, many years ago that you gave us the power to create wealth. Uh, and so, Father, we thank you that uh, you've blessed us, each and every one of us. And uh, as an act of our faith, Father, we choose to give to you, to your kingdom, Father. We thank you that as we give, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give it to our bosom. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come ahead, uh, Mr. Jared, uh, and um, receive the offering there. And, um, and then, of course, today, this afternoon, we've got uh, healing school at 3 o'clock. And uh, Chris and I are heading out of town after, after that to go up to Branson to see Brother Randy for the week. But we'll still have church on Wednesday. And... Um, um, and then about three weeks from now or so, we'll have uh, Larry Hutton, right? Uh, so you'll enjoy his ministry. He's, he's a, a minister out of Atlanta, traveled with Brother Hagen for many years, um, and um, been in ministry for quite a while. So, uh, but um, yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy his ministry there. So um, well, why don't we pray, and uh, we can say the blessing on the food now, so we can go ahead and start eating after that. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for this, uh, for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together in fellowship as your people. And, Father, we thank you for the blessing of this food, the bounty of it. And according to your word, Father, we declare our food blessed and sanctified in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, let's eat.